With me today, I have my uncle slash brother, Reginald Berry. He is from Minneapolis, Minnesota. He graduated from California State University at Long Beach with a BA in sociology. In the football program, there he made all conference as a defensive back. He played in the NFL for the San Diego Chargers from 1972 to 1974, the World Football League with the Philadelphia Bell in 1975. He is the founder and executive director of Goals for Life. Let me say it again, for Goals for Life, a nonprofit foundation that is an educational youth development program that in coordination with local school districts teaches potentially at-risk youth the skills and strategies that are necessary for success in life. For nine years, Reggie was one of the, excuse me, the elected members of the National Football League Player Association Board of Directors. He is the longest serving board member in the history of the NFLPA. He resides in Southern California. My brother, welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, it's, glad to, it's good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, look, I know uh, we can't call it regular, but just to start this off here, what would you call or what would you consider a regular Monday through Friday? What does your day look like? Like, do you do push-ups, sit-ups? Do you meditate? Some people pray. Like, what's your what's your routine Monday through Friday in the mornings? Well, I get up in the morning and I might meditate for 20 minutes if I can. I don't have anything else to do. Uh, school is out, so presently I, I've been playing, uh, getting up early, early in the morning to go play nine holes of golf with some guy I met that was from Africa, and he's an interesting guy. Basically, that's what I've been doing, reading. I get up and read. But when, uh, during school, school just started, I got to get up and go to the classroom and teach those kids how to set goals or get them to want to set goals or be aware that why they should set goals mm-hmm. you know, or how they can set goals. Mm-hmm. I'll I t- I tell you what now. I kind of heard you over say something about golf. I, I, I thought I heard you say that. Um, uh, do, would you say that you, you know, you enjoy, you know, doing it to where you compete a little bit? Or is it just more where you just kind of go out there, you, you know, isolate yourself and just kind of relax and just swing your head up? Well, I, when I go, I'm not relaxing because I'm playing. We, we uh, I like to compete. I'm no good now. I'm, I don't say I'm a good golfer, you know. <laughs> I like to compete, though. So me and this guy, we play all the time. We compete, call each other names. <laughs> See, he beat me. To the, he beat me this morning. <laughs> so now, hold up. If I heard you right, you say so. Repeat that again. So you, so you don't just go out there and hit the ball by yourself and just say, "Okay, it's a nice day. I'm just gonna go and swing the ball." Mm-hmm. You actually, you know, get at a little bit with some friends. Yeah, we we compete. You know, I'm, I'm like I said, he beats me and I beat him too. Mm-hmm. But we compete, you know. We, like I said, we call each other names, and and what's the other one? Bad luck. See, see, <laughs> see, see, see. And, and then we for, smile. See, what is y'all don't see? He okay. You said he beat you this morning. Though. Yeah. yeah. He, he still look. Reggie still here smiling. He ain't holding <laughs> on to that loss. And I'm willing to bet you done beat him a good number of times. Yeah, I beat him, but he beats me too, and I can't stand him. <laughs> what, what's your friend name? Um, I, always, I I just call him the big fella, but Art Richardson. Shouts out to you too. Uh, 
my man Reggie is going to beat you the next time y'all play golf. Let's, I'm calling it right now. Let's go ahead and put that And that's up. tomorrow. See? Tomorrow. <laughs> like that. It's so, early in the morning. Hey, about six? Seven? No, we hit at six. Whew. Yeah. We want to get, we, we got to get done because we got the rest of the day. That's right. You know? Wow. That's right. Well, I, I tell you what. Now, you are from, if I, please correct me if I'm wrong, you're from originally Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So what what was life like growing up in your household? Like were there siblings? Like how'd you do describe Well, it? I got three four three other brothers, so there's five of us and one girl. Mm. And the, my sister was the oldest and she was the best athlete. But they didn't have sports for girls in those days. So you and I hesitate to say that your sister was the best athlete amongst y'all? Amongst everybody in the neighborhood. But they didn't have sports in for girls in those days. So when she got in eighth grade, she became, she started wearing lipstick. And she's the oldest one, so she surprised all me and my brothers, and we all passed around. You know, she got lipstick on. <laughs> <laughs> she, she turned into a girl, you know. Man. You as a brother, how, where, what number were you in? I'm in what? the middle. Oh. I'm in the middle. Okay, so how did, just in general, how did you handle that? Like you saw her, like you know, lipstick. You know, I, you know, just as a brother, were you protective? Were you just like distant? Like she can handle herself. No, we were always protective of her, though. You know, we always. But she could fight for herself. You know, and she did. She used to jump uh, dudes that would get in with me. She would get in the older ones. You know, so. Y'all better act like y'all know. Because <laughs> usually you hear like, you know, we we the men. So, you know, even as little, you know, little boys, you know, we got to protect whether it's big sister or little sister. It's got to be us. Mm. But it sounds like she was able to handle business. Oh, yeah. She took care of us. And my dad used to tell it all the time because he used to whip on my older brother. And he used to say all the time, one of these days, you're not going to be able to do that. And I used to think to myself, is he crazy? She's always going to be able to whip him. I used to think that all the time he'd say it all the time one of these days you're not going to be beating up on him like that and I thought that'll be the day (laughs) see I mean was it so what would you say so was mom and dad uh, in the picture growing up inside the household or was it primarily mother or father mom and dad okay and my mother, she was a great athlete, too. She ran it. Uh, they tried to run her in the Drake Relays. I seen her outrun my dad when I was about 10 years old out in front of the house. Yeah. You think you, you think your dad let her win? No, 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 no. No. At all. <laughs> no. Look, it, okay, so who would you say you were more like than your dad or your mother? Personality. Well, you know... Uh, most people used to say I was like my dad all the time, but all my girlfriends I've had always said I was like my mother. Hmm. So, I like to say I was like my mother. That's what I was just about to ask you. Okay. Okay. Because Pops was something else. <laughs> Look, what's the trait that you say stand out the most that connects you to your mom? What would you say? What, what about, is there any habit? You know how Michael Jordan always stuck his tongue out. He said that was his dad. You know, what is that a habit you got that you have? Um, no, you know, no, I don't think so. My mother's 95 years old. I just came from seeing her and spent a week with her. God, thank you. Wow. Pops died when he was 93, but they've been divorced for years. 
Years and years, but Pop died. He, they both lived a long time. And uh, Pop was a, a golfer. He golfed, hmm. you know, all the time. But he never golfed with me. Really? No, he wouldn't compete with me at nothing. He'd compete with my older brother yeah. or my younger, but never he never competed with him. basketball. You know, we'd shoot basketballs. He would never shoot with me, you know. Tell me, what? You think there's something to it, or was he just always busy? No, it had nothing to do with being busy. I don't know why he was like that, you know. We were going to go pick golf one time, and uh, we get to the golf, and I'm 50 years old. We get to the golf course, and all of a sudden he tells me he's going to play with the guys, these guys, and, and I'll let you hit the ball once in a while. And Wait a minute. I, and that got up at 4 in the morning for that, 4.35 in the morning. And I said, boy, I'll never play. Yeah. Reggie, I was about to say, you look, look at here. Wait, we we get to the place. He ain't say nothing on the way there. Y'all mm-hmm. get to the place and now says, hey, I'll holler at you. Yeah, because he saw his some other guy. I'm going to play with those guys. You know. Come so, on now. Okay, so between the siblings, uh, sitting in, what was the amount? You said five? Yeah, it was five of us. Okay, so between the siblings, amongst y'all, who would you say got into the most, I want to say mischief, that's my better way of saying challenges or trouble. Like, I don't want to say trouble, but problems. Me. And they all say me. Okay. What would you say, though? Me. (laughs) (laughs) Me. You know, <laughs> I got in all the trouble. Man, see, I got whipping every day. See, when I, when I was little, they used to. I got my allowance taken away every week. They give us allowance and they deduct. And now I, I think I only got my allowance maybe one time. I just couldn't. You know, those kids I work with in school, I tell them too. I just couldn't be good because some of them are like that. You know, see, I, I wanted to be good, but I just couldn't be. See, you know? see. <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to get there later on in, in, in our conversation here, but I, I truly believe that's, that's part of the reason that makes you so inspiration and so, you know, efficient because you un, you just understand what it's like to be at a, just on a, a youth and to have certain ins and outs about yourself. You know, that, you know, you may not be able to explain everything, but you just experienced it. Mm-hmm. You know, that to me, experience is a great teacher. Now, it ain't the easiest one. Lord knows it ain't the easy one, but it is a great teacher. Yeah, it can be uh, a great teacher. Come on, say that again, Reggie. I said it can be a great teacher. I had to take a pause on that just for the audience to, to understand that. Now, look at here. Uh, in high school, um, you led your football. Let me go down the list. You led your football, baseball, and track all the state championships. Every one of them, you led the state championships. You know, see, we were state champs in football, and we were state champs in baseball. Hmm. But we were never state champs in basketball. And track, uh, I think we were state champs in track, too. We used, we used to kill everybody in track. <laughs> it Based on what I'm understanding, you used to kick some butt. I, I appreciate your level of humility, but it, 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 from my understanding, you used to kick some butt now. Yeah. You, you can go ahead and admit you used to kick some butt now. Well, you know, I was always trying to be like my older brother and his friends, hmm. you know. Like, uh, I just came from Minneapolis, and I was talking to one of my closest friends, and I always told him he was a better athlete than everybody. And his brother one time ran down on a kickoff. He's two years older than us. We were in the stands, him and I, and uh, he hit the guy so hard he broke his face mask. And I said, wow. 
I got to do that. So all the time I was playing, I, I was trying to do what Louie did. I was trying to not hit somebody so hard I could break my face mask, but I never broke my face mask. I never, it never happened, you know. So I go home one time, and, and we had breakfast, and Louie was there with his grandkids, and uh, he told me to tell them, said, tell them, what, tell them what, what you told me. And I told him, I said, your dad was a great athlete. He was. And I said, he had the quickest feet. And I said, and plus he was so tough. He, he broke a dude's, he broke his face mask hitting the guy so hard. And they all looked at me, really? And I said, I'm telling you, that guy broke his face mask. Legendary. Yeah. Come on. And you say you never, you tried. You would put some oomph into it, but you never really broke. But that don't mean that you ain't hit nobody hard, though. No, I hit everybody hard. But I never, as hard as I could, but I never broke my face mask. I'm going I'm to consider it because as the years went by, technology, they put extra hard plastic and stuff like or metal. Excuse me. I'm trying to find a reason, Reggie. Yeah, I couldn't break it. Because I know you was bringing the phone. I, I, I know you was. <laughs> I mean, in that time, though, see, I can see what people want to say to people who they want to point to that inspired them. But in during that era, who would you say was was influential during your time? During that time of your life, who would you say was influential? I mean, you, I think you just said your brother. Always my brother, yeah. Okay. Always my brother. My brother was the captain of the football team, so I wanted to be captain of the football team. Oh, man. You know, my brother was captain of the baseball team, so I wanted to be captain of the baseball team. Man. You know, so my brother, he and everybody followed him. You know, he had such strong character. He ended up playing football at USC. Hmm. And, uh, but I, I was trying to get there, but I couldn't get to SC. Right. They sent me down to Arizona Western and told me, they told me if I make the team down there, I went to Iowa State as a freshman. Okay. And uh, the coach at Iowa State was Johnny Majors, and after spring practice, he called me in, and he told me he didn't think I was tough enough to play in the Big 8. And I, I thought I had a good spring, and I was killing everybody, but I couldn't believe why he would say that to me. I left out of there, and I had tears in my eyes. I seen Otto Stowe, and Otto played with Miami when they went 18-0. and and when they had that undefeated season, he was a wide receiver. And I told Otto, he asked me what was wrong. And I told him, he says, he don't know what he's talking about. You'll be back. Because I told him, I'm out of here, Otto. Mm -hmm. Then I seen the guy, uh, Gordy Smith, he was my recruit. Mm -hmm. The guy that recruited me. Gordy used to play for the Vikings. And, and he saw me and I had tears in my eyes. He asked, asked me what was wrong. And I said, this dude told me that, that I'm not tough enough. And so Gordy turned around and he run back in to see Johnny Majors. But let me tell you something about that. Mm -hmm. When I was playing, after I got through playing football, when I was on the players or the, the board of directors, or the, I represented the former players in L.A., mm -hmm. we'd go to the convention, and there's a guy from Tennessee where Johnny Majors is. And Johnny Majors won a national championship in, in, at Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. You know, he won it twice. He had Tony Dorsett. Mm -hmm. And so, and he did good at Iowa State. So, Jimmy Johnson, in fact, he was one of the coaches at Iowa State. Jimmy Johnson, right. Yeah, and that's where I learned how to play football, really, was at Iowa State. So when he told me that, I was so hurt. So I went home, and uh, I came up. My brother was going to USC, so I came out to USC, and I was practicing with them in the offseason. And Bobby Chandler was a wide receiver for USC, and uh, he, he played for Buffalo Bills. Uh, Bobby And Bobby was a good guy, and Bobby grabbed me, not my brother, and he took me to see one of the SC coaches. And he told me I was good, and he told the coach I was good, and this you need to get Mike's brother. Yeah. And so, but, so they told me, if you go down to Arizona Western and you're Arizona, now they told me I wasn't tough enough at Iowa State. And if you go down there and you make the team, they said, uh, and you do well, we'll give you a scholarship to USC. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. So I go down to Arizona Western, 
And that's, the guys down there tell you different. Well, they, I, you want me to tell a story? No, no, well, <laughs> it, it, I, I tell you what, let me throw that, let me throw it to yeah. them in pieces here. Because yeah. what it sounded like, they had something different to say other than, that was the opposite of, of you not quote unquote being tough enough. Right. It sounded like that's the direction that we're going. Mm-hmm. Let me throw this at you. Um, because you actually already are getting onto it. So you could just continue that. Cause I was about to ask you to describe your college experience. You know, what how was your experience in college? Mm-hmm. Like you're doing it because it seemed like you might have been during the time where it was that made you cut your mustache. Yeah. So when I went, oh, that's another story. See, okay. And then there's, there's a there's a there's a challenges in, in, in the whole racial aspect mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. I I would imagine that you experienced some things in, in in that as far as in college. But overall, how would you describe you? You know, when I was at Iowa State, part of it was my fault because I was so militant. You know, mm-hmm. I, I used to have an organization in Minneapolis called Decoy, Determined Ebony Council of Youth, and I had read everything all about Phil Malcolm X, Great African Kingdoms. My uncle from New York gave me a bunch of books. He told me to read them. And so I, because I, I told him I don't read. And he, my mother's brother, he's the only educated one. And he told me, you're going to have that book read before I leave. And so that was glory. That was Great African Kingdoms, you know, the Mali, the Sangan, and the and the Ghana Kingdom. And so when I started, I started reading it and I put it down. So I, when I seen my uncle again, he said, What did you, you read the book? What did you get? And I, I, I didn't have nothing to tell him. So he got, and he was always the idol, my idol too. He always come in town. He'd always grab me and take me with him. And he he looked at me and he said, "You'll have that book read before I leave here." And he was leaving in two weeks. I had the book read, and I I tell you, it just blew my mind. I didn't know. I I thought Africans had bones just like everybody else, bones in their nose, dumb. And I started reading that. And all of a sudden, he 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 left all the biography of Malcolm X for me to read, and I read that. Changed the whole way I thought about life. Mm. You know. Even education, it changed everything, you know, when I started to read, you mm-hmm. know. You're a, big, you're a big reader now. Yeah. It's safe to say. Yeah, yeah. And I tell kids, when you read, you can be anybody, you know. You can have, you can go anywhere, Come you on. know. Like my ex, my girlfriend just came back from Angola. I knew about Angola. I could tell her about the revolution they had down. The Cubans freed Angola. The Russians helped them. I could tell her because I read, you know, I could tell her stuff, you know, but she goes all over the place and I tell her about the country she goes to. She visits these countries, you know, because I read. When you read, you can be anything. You can go anywhere and you can be anybody. You know, and that's what I like about read. Are y'all here? Uh, okay. All right, so let me make sure, let me pull it back in, make sure y'all are catching that because I'm not going to let these gold nuggets just fly by without placing some emphasis on them. Many people still today really underestimate the power behind reading and gaining that knowledge. People could inflict whatever emotion they, they want to attempt on you, but you know what you know. Yeah. yeah. You know? The thing about uh, nowadays, you know, they look at those videos and they think, well, I don't have to read. I just look at those videos. You know, what do they call them? Altruism? Rhythm? Autism? Alter rhythm. Rhythms. Oh, um, so when you see something, all they yeah. do is see what you like, and then they show, keep showing you the same thing. It's like buying a car. Yeah. And then you see, you'll notice that same car that you purchased because you, okay, I got you. They call them alter rhythms or something like that. Right. Algor- so, not algorithms, something else. Yeah, algorithms. Algorithms, okay. Yeah, okay. That's what it is. Man. Yeah. I, look, I tell you what, um, what I want to do is I want to plug into. 
out of everything that you might have experienced in your entire life, is there anything that you could think of right now that might stand out from the rest that you either had to overcome or it might have been traumatic and it happened and you found a way to still press on regardless? Is there anything? And I'm talking about all, all the things. I'm sure there's many things, but is there, is there anything that stands out of something that you might have had to overcome in your life or you found a way to press it, it happened and you found a way to cope with it and continue on with life. Could you please? Yeah. Cause see, I, I, I read, but I can't write or let's say I have problems writing. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell kids. There's no such word as can't mm-hmm. only you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And I have problems writing, but because I write backwards and because I had dysgraphia, that's what they call it. Yeah. And so I couldn't write a paper. So when, when I, they put me in an English class or gave me a tutor when I was a freshman in Iowa State, and he used to practice with me writing stuff. And I had, I had put it away in his trunk, some of the stuff I wrote. Mm-hmm. And I, when I brought it up and I read it, you wouldn't believe what it looked like, like the writing that I had. I, right. I couldn't even, I said, I was writing this bad, wow. you know. So when, to, to, this is what I tell kids, too. I, I had problems writing, but that didn't mean I couldn't write. You know, what I did was I'd write the paper three times before I turn it in. So I'd write a paper and then I'd have you correct it. And then I'd rewrite it and have you correct it and ask somebody else to correct it. The Spanish, the punctuation and, and, and uh, the spelling. Right. And then I'd rewrite it again. Then I, you had to do it three times. All my papers were three times. I'd give it to somebody else and have them. Would you uh, correct the punctuation? Because people, when they do it, they always change your meaning of what you're trying to say. Anyway. Right. So I'd always have to rewrite it to put it... And I read th- three times every paper and uh, get somebody else to read it. Then I turn the paper in. That's how I got out of college. Man. You know, all the papers, all of them. Would you, first off, two things, and maybe this may be the therapist in me, but one, where did you get, where, where did you get the, the will or the fire, if you will, to have the tenacity to do that? Because... I can just think of so many situations where people be like, I'm not doing all that bump and I'm not doing all that to uh, to be able to, to to get to a better place with that. I'm not going I'm not going through. I got to go through all that. I'm not doing all that. You just literally the name created a system of what you did and you stayed at it to get to the point of where you wanted to get. So where did that fight or that push come from like was it your upbringing is it or you know i don't know i was always an athlete i've been playing since i was seven years old when i walked down to the park i played on my older brother's baseball team then when i was eight years old i walked down the park and they told uh, the coaches that i was fast so they put me on on the football team and and, the, and i think the reason why i was persistent at, is because my mother didn't was always on my case you know, when I told my mother that uh, that I had dysgraphia, because she used to make me stay in the house because I'd get D's in English and D's in math. And she'd punish me all the time because yeah. all my brothers got A's in math and stuff. And they got, in, but in English they got, and I, but I always had D's. You know, I get D math, minuses in math. And so she'd make me stay in the house and tell me I was smarter than the rest of them. She can't figure out why my grades were so bad. Wow. And, and what it was is I, 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 I wrote backwards. I just didn't see things like they saw. But that don't mean I can't rationalize. Right. You know. And so my goal was to graduate from college. And I didn't, it was either hook or crook. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was going to do it. 
you know, to get a degree, I had to do it, you know. And that's why I think I rewrite those papers all the time is because my goal, and that's one of the things we talk about in the program, Goals for Life. When you got a goal, you don't let nothing stop you from reaching it. Come on, man. Or nobody stop you from reaching it, you know. If that's your goal, like I used to, in high school, I used to look out the window and, and uh, during math class, because I try to keep up, but they go so fast, boy, and all of a sudden I'm looking out the window, and it'd be snowing and stuff, and I used to dream about coming to California. And I used to say, boy, how can I get to California? And I used to think about California, because my mother and my pops had been out here to uh, California. They came back with this, you know, you go up to Hollywood, you have those plates, mm-hmm. and they had oranges and stuff and all mm-hmm. that. And I used to walk by it all the time and look at it. And think, boy, I'm going to go to California. Inspiration. Listen, y'all, I've said it before. I'll say it again to end it with this. I'm with my brother. Look at him, man. You don't even understand. I'm with my brother, Reggie. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie. I got to tell you, brother, um, for everything, every nugget that you've dropped, every word that you've you've laced out here to inspire what you're doing and and goals for life, I pray that you just keep pressing forward and you do not let your foot off the gas, off the pedal. I pray that you keep pressing forward with it. It's kind. It's very kind. I appreciate it. I really do. Sometimes in life, you must fail in order to succeed. But one thing must remain certain. Under no circumstances do you ever, ever, ever give up. This is your guy, T. Wood, trying for moments. I'm with my brother, Reggie Barrett. Thank you, man. My brother.